You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. I often find that we're constrained by language. And the constraint is real because language is used for normal, everyday communication. And what we experience, for example, when we meditate is neither normal, but it becomes every day the more we regularly meditate. I had an interesting conversation with a group of fellow meditators last week when I asked them how they were feeling now versus how they were feeling before they started what actually I happen to call the advanced meditation retreat, but that's neither here nor there. This is a group of people who I worked with six mornings in a row six weeks ago, and then we hooked up again last week as kind of a catch-up or a review. And a couple of them were saying to me that they found that their meditation and their experience of being, I'll come back to that, was more profound. And somebody else said it was deeper. And somebody else said, well, neither deep nor profound actually encompasses what I have felt, which is kind of out of the ordinary, way out. So the conversation went on. And as we got towards the end of the hour, the person who had said that neither profound nor deep had explained how they felt came up with the perfect word for with which everybody agreed. She said, what I'm experiencing now in my meditation is cool. It's so cool. You see, we are constrained by normal language when we start trying to explore what is completely abnormal the wonderful world of being, the wonderful world of being me, the wonderful world of being you, the wonderful world of knowing who you really are and knowing what you really are, pure energy, as a result of feeling it, as a result of experiencing it. And that is why meditation is so important. That's why I should say proper meditation is so important because a lot of people teach meditation, a lot of people learn meditation, but they don't know how to meditate. I have a problem with how meditation is normally taught. You, you might go to the community hall, I don't know, for six weeks or something like that. I actually have an online program owner who has started giving meditation classes and the people in her classes are giving out that they're not meditating for the full hour that they are with her, that she's talking to them for about half an hour. Those 30 minutes where she's explaining are more important in the initial stages than the 30 minutes they're spending meditating. Because if they don't get the explanation at the outset, they'll do whatever amount of meditation they've signed up for and then fall off the wagon because they don't have a compelling enough reason to meditate on a regular basis. They don't know the why. Now, the Thursday morning videos that I'm doing at the moment, two weeks ago, last week, and culminating in tomorrow's video, start by going into the why. The online program goes into the why in 
a lot greater depth. And there's a load of research from cognitive psychology, behavioral psychology, and neuroscience that proves conclusively, as if proof were needed, that if you don't know why you're doing something, it is incredibly difficult to do it and even more difficult to stick with it. If you've watched the videos over the last couple of weeks, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you don't get the videos, you should use the link on your podcast player now to sign up for those videos because tomorrow's is an important rounding off of those three long videos. They're all nearly half an hour long, although I don't know what length tomorrow's is yet because I haven't recorded it. And they all lead towards a special offer for the online program, the Psychology of Success. I say that unashamedly because it has changed so many people's lives. But the important point about those three sessions together is that they provide you with the why, why I need to meditate. Let me be very clear. If you leave your mind running on automatic, the way the normal mind is wired and designed to work, you are missing your life. Your life is passing you by whilst you think you're experiencing your version of reality. And because we think when we use our minds normally, when we're experiencing our own version of reality, and because as a result of that, we think it's actual reality, we automatically react to what we think is going on. It's all distant. That's being nice about it. From the reality of being, the reality of experiencing who you really are, the reality of experiencing what you really are. Pure energy. That's twice I've said that now. But let's come back to the opening point of this week's podcast, where I talked about how we are constrained by language, because I'm going to use some language now that has multiple meanings, depending on whether you're a psychologist or whether you are a sane person. <laughs> Sorry, um, I recollect a conversation with a psychologist many moons ago in the University of Sussex, and the guy, a professor of psychology, said to me that the vast majority of psychologists that he knew had got into psychology to make themselves feel better. Make of that what you may. So I want to talk about conscious, first of all. And I want to talk about unconscious. And I need to clarify exactly what I mean by the words that I'm using before I use them so that you get a further why, get a further understanding of the importance of taking charge of that piece of all-powerful equipment between your two ears, which will, if you are in control of it, allow your pure energy throughout your body flow. And not just flow throughout your body, but flow out into universal energy. Facts, scientific facts. I'm going to talk about conscious and deliberate choice and conscious deliberate decision making and conscious deliberate action. Now, I need to deal with the word conscious because most people will think that when I use my conscious mind, I'm actually deliberately doing what I'm doing. But the conscious mind in psychology is, as far as I'm concerned, very similar to the thinking mind. In other words, when you're using what psychology would call your conscious mind, 
you're actually unconscious because your thinking mind takes you off into the looped world of everyday thought. And I mean everyday, because as we know from previous conversations, the normal mind plays host to 70,000 thoughts every waking day. And tomorrow's 70,000 thoughts will be 97% the same as today. We're caught in a never ending loop. And because we are unconscious, we are not aware of it. And we're back to the big why. If you don't become aware, if you don't experience who you really are and what you really are, your life is literally passing you by. And you're not aware of it, which is even worse, I suppose. I also want to clarify what I mean by the word unconscious, because very often in psychology, subconscious and unconscious are used to describe the same thing, what I would describe as the being mind and the doing mind. I'm not using unconscious in that way at all. I'm actually using unconscious in the ordinary everyday sense that you're dead from the neck up or you've passed out and you don't even know you've passed out because you're simply lying there like an automated robot going through the motions of living your everyday life. Now, harsh, but true, because when we do use our mind normally, using those 70,000 thoughts that I mentioned earlier on, we are actually running on what cognitive psychology actually calls the automatic pilot. And like any automatic pilot, yours runs on programs. Now, until you take control of the piece of equipment between your two ears, you are always going to run on automatic pilot. And that has an immediate and obvious consequence, which no doubt you have experienced many times in your life. People want to change their lives. People want to get fit. They want to lose weight. They want to change jobs. They want to set up a business. They want to do this, that, or the other. They have goals. And people set goals for themselves. And, you know, for example, we're not too far off the end of the year and people will set New Year's resolutions for themselves. And in all probability, they'll be the same as last year's and the years before because we're on a loop. So people have goals and they set their goals and they end up pretty much back where they were in the first place. Why? Well, think of the automatic pilot that I mentioned a minute ago and think of the automatic pilot in an aircraft. You're the pilot of your own aircraft. It's running on automatic pilot at the moment. But you get into the cockpit, say today, and you say to yourself, right, I'm not flying from Paris to New York today. I'm flying from Paris to Bangkok. That's where I want to go. That's my goal. So you get into the cockpit, you take off, the automatic pilot kicks in. Where do you end up? Where the automatic pilot was programmed to end up. You end up in New York, even though you wanted to go to Bangkok. That's how the ordinary mind works. Or should I use the word that I habitually use the normal mind, the normal crazy mind. Until you literally take control of the joystick in your cockpit, you're not going to be able to fly to where you want to go. You're always going to end up where the automatic pilot is sending you. And that is the big why. Now, we've talked about otherwise over the last few weeks as well. We've talked about how if you don't take control of your own state of mind, the automatic pilot is always going to see threats 
where there are no threats. If there are no threats, it'll make the threats up. That's what worry is. As a result of seeing threats around every corner and in every shadow, the ordinary, normal, crazy, automatic mind is pumping cortisol into your system. And that has an impact on your cardiovascular system straight away. I was talking to somebody this morning and I said to him, low level background, everyday stress from the threats that your own thinking mind makes up increases your heart rate. I said, you won't be aware of it. He said, oh, no, I lie in bed at night and I'm aware of my pumping heart. We know from our previous conversations that cortisol drip, drip, dripping into your system every day as a result of the threats that you're making up in your own head. How mad is that? That's increasing your heart rate. It's increasing your blood pressure. It's increasing the production of LDL fatty cholesterol in the body. And it's wrecking your digestive system and your immune system. And you're doing that to yourself every day. And the latest research suggests that you will knock five to seven years off your life just by not taking control of your state of mind. And that's only the beginning. Now, we know, because I said it in last week's video, because I'd forgotten it in the first video, that when you meditate, you reduce your heart rate, you reduce your blood pressure, you wash out the fatty cholesterol built up in your cardiovascular system, you enhance the performance of your immune and digestive systems. And that's only the beginning too, because ultimately, when you take charge of your own state of mind, and when you take the autopilot offline, you can begin to make conscious deliberate decisions. As I said earlier on, I want to talk about conscious, deliberate choice or choices. Unless and until you take charge of your own state of mind through meditation. It's the only way we can do it. Unless and until you do that. You can't decide today that you're going to make conscious and deliberate choices. That'd be like the pilot getting into the cockpit and deciding to go to Bangkok and the automatic pilot whips the controls from him and off we go to New York. Same as every other day. You need to actually make one big choice first. And that big choice is I'm going to meditate this morning. Now, you're probably listening to this middle of the day or the evening. I don't know when you're listening to it, but the fact of the matter is that the next morning after you listen to this, you have a choice to make. And it needs to be a conscious and deliberate choice. Now, people say to me, oh, yeah, I made the conscious and deliberate choice after I was on my eight-week meditation retreat in the parish hall and then a few weeks later, I fell off the wagon. That's because they didn't know the why. And that's the problem, as I said a few minutes ago, that I have with the way in which meditation is normally taught. They teach you how to meditate without teaching you why you need to meditate. But even at that, actually, they don't teach you how to meditate properly. Because I had a conversation with a group of online program owners, as it turns out, this time two years ago. And I asked them, what do you feel when you meditate? And one of the people on the call said, well, I know how long it takes me to breathe in. I know how long it takes me to hold my breath. And I know how long it takes me to breathe out again. I said, yes, so that isn't the answer to the question I asked. He said, but I'm talking about when I do a breathing meditation. I'm focused on my breathing. I said, you've missed the point. 
And I had said it more than once, but then again, we're all learning all the time. When you do a breathing meditation, you don't focus on your breathing. You use your breathing to focus. You use your breathing to experience being. You use your breathing to feel who you are, to feel what you are. Words won't describe it. All the science in the world won't convince you. We only learn through experience. And therefore, we need to make that conscious and deliberate choice to meditate every morning. And don't get yourself tied in knots thinking to yourself that, oh, I'm not sure if I have the discipline to do that every day, one day at a time. Or should I say, actually, you know, in reality, one now at a time. It's only when you make that conscious, deliberate choice, in other words, you're deliberately doing it, that you begin to override the automatic pilot. Now, the normal mind is not capable of making that conscious, deliberate choice until you actually experience what it is like to have made the conscious, deliberate choice. In other words, you need to take a little leap of faith for a start, but then, as all my online program owners said, then all you need to do is follow the process and trust the process because it'll take you to a life that is unrecognizable from the existence that you had before you started out on this journey. The key advantage that you gain from making that conscious, deliberate choice to meditate every morning is that you get into the habit of making conscious, deliberate choices. In other words, during the course of the day, you can deliberately decide, I'm not going off on that train of thought. I know my mind is trying to distract me. I know my mind is telling me that there are threats in those shadows when deep down I know there are no threats. I know my mind is telling me that I have all these things that I should be worried about. But actually, deep down, I know, because I experienced it during meditation first thing this morning, that in this moment, all is well. That's a statement of fact. In this moment, all is well. You're breathing in and out, aren't you? You're listening to me. How better can it get? Seriously. The more I discipline myself, and it's not discipline with a capital D, it's a little choice every day. The more I deliberately choose to meditate in the morning, the more adept I become at deliberately choosing during the course of the day. And that is so important because, and a lot of people teaching meditation won't cover this either. Meditation isn't about relaxing and being clear in your mind while you're meditating. Meditation is about being clear in your mind and ready for action when you're not meditating. Meditation is only a tool after all. Meditation is not an end in itself. What you're doing is tuning your mind in to reality, the reality of flowing energy in the reality of the here and now. That's so totally different from what you thought was your version of reality. It's another huge advantage, though, from making that conscious, deliberate choice every morning. Conscious, deliberate choice leads to conscious, deliberate action. Now, this is, this is a serious difference from the way in which the normal crazy person 
makes it from one day to the next. Because when we're using our mind normally, when our mind is operating on automatic pilot, when it's using those programs that we learned when we were young and impressionable to enable us make it through today, we never act. We only ever react. I'll tell you what, actually, there is a situation in which normal crazy people do take action. And that is if they're walking along the street and they see a house on fire and they run into the blazing house without thinking about it and save whoever is in the house there. They take on superhuman powers in the midst of a life-threatening situation because they don't have time to think about it. They're just operating in the way in which we operated when we ran away from the man or woman-eating tiger when we were hunter-gatherers. Without having time to think about it, we are at our best. And that is one of the key advantages that meditation gives us. It enables us to do what we need to do, fully briefed on what is actually going on in the moment, because we've turned up to it, we know what reality is. It enables us act. Now imagine, imagine being clear in your mind and knowing what's going on in the here and now and being able to take real action. If you were flying your plane from Paris and you wanted to go to Bangkok and just after you got up in the air, having left Charles de Gaulle Airport, the plane tries to bank to the left so that you head for New York, you take real action, you grab hold of the controls and you turn it in the direction that you want it to go. You have the power to turn your life or any aspect of it in the direction that you want it to go. All you have to do is get used to experiencing what it feels like to have the controls in your hand. That is what meditation gives us. Meditation enables us experience through feeling in our own bodies, through feeling what it's like to be in control, to be free. That's what meditation gives us, free of thought, free to act, free to take conscious, deliberate action. So let's wrap this up into a neat little package. You need to choose. I need to choose. Our choices need to be deliberate. Choice starts with the dawn every morning, making the right choice to sit down for a few minutes, settle the mind, tune in your mind to the flowing energy of your own body, feel it and feel how it feels to be tuned in to the universe around you. That sets you up for the day. That sets you up to enable you make further choices during the course of the day. As a result of which you know where you are. As a result of which you know what you need to do to get to Bangkok, if we stick with the analogy that I've been using. You know what you need to do. And you only need to know what you need to do now. You see, the thinking mind will run away with you and say, well, what if you get to Bangkok and it's foggy and you can't land there? Or what if the automatic pilot grabs back control of the plane? Or what if we run out of fuel? It's all 
an analogy I know, but this is how the thinking mind actually takes you 10 steps from where you really, really are. And in the process, you get lost in the imaginary fog created by your own thinking mind. Ultimately, if you listen closely to what I was saying, choosing to meditate first thing in the morning, setting you up to make more conscious, deliberate choices during the course of the day, we really only have one choice to make. And it's a simple one. It's simple. It's simple indeed once you get used to making the choice. Am I here or am I not? 96% of people are not here. That's why I said their lives are passing them by and they don't even know it. They are in a place where they think is reality, created by thoughts that are on a loop. So all you have to do is make a choice. Am I here or am I not here? You can't make that choice until you experience what it's like to be here. That's why you need to meditate, because meditate will enable you, as I said earlier on, experience how it is to be experience what it feels like, experience who you really are, and experience through feeling what you really are. Once you've experienced that, once you can't unexperience it, so you have a little store of what psychology would call positive mental resources. Never mind what psychology calls it. You are now armed, locked and loaded and ready for action. That means during the course of the day, when you say to yourself, or when you discover, for example, as most people will certainly quite a lot during the initial stages of this adventure, but it grows less and less and less. A lot of people will discover, oh, I'm not here because my mind has taken me off in this direction or that direction. Or my mind has me annoyed about somebody who mightn't be thinking about me at all. Or my mind has me 10 steps ahead thinking about what will I do next week if I don't do this this week. When people realize that they're not here, that's the moment where you make the conscious, deliberate choice. And you have in your toolkit the experience of already knowing what it is like, what it feels like to be present. It makes it far easier for you to say to yourself, no, I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm not going to focus on my breathing. I'm going to take the deep breath because it enables me to focus on being. Different thing altogether. Now, I hope this makes sense. I hope that I've strung together this episode with the last two episodes because they're kind of a set of three and I hope it makes sense in the context of the three Thursday morning videos that accompany these three podcasts. I mentioned the online program earlier on. I got an email from somebody a couple of days ago saying what's the difference between the podcast on the one hand and the online program? And as I said to the individual, the podcasts tend to be a little random. Go back over the 150-odd episodes that we have already, and you'll see that from week to week, I, I, I jump around the place a bit. And let me explain how that happens. I'm in flow most of the time. So I will sit down to do a podcast episode and have a subject in mind, turn on the computer to record the podcast episode and something completely different will come out. And as people constantly and regularly say to me, oh, that podcast hit the spot. That's exactly what I needed to hear this week. 
So I'm generally in flow most of the time, as a result of which podcast episodes cover a multitude of things and very often in an unstructured way from week to week. The online program gives the adventurer in his or her life structure, discipline. We talked about discipline a few minutes ago and most importantly, support. Somebody else said to me a couple of years ago, but the online program is only a set of videos. It is not. The online program is 72 videos at its core, plus 31 other videos in three advanced modules. It is about 60 individual exercises. It's over 100 meditations and mini meditations. But most importantly, it is our fortnightly Wednesday evening Zooms. It's over 100 hours of Zooms at this stage that are immediately available to anybody joining the online program. But even more important than that, we're together, as I said, every fortnight. And that means that we're teasing things out and helping each other every fortnight. That means we're meditating together most fortnights as well. And there's even more power in that than meditating on your own. All right, not going to try and sell you the online program. It's entirely up to yourself. It's possibly a conscious, deliberate choice that you need to make because you're worth it. And if you don't think you're worth it, well, that's your problem. And you can continue on toe dipping, as somebody said to me a couple of weeks ago. For now, the final thing I will say is that tomorrow morning's Thursday morning video will wrap up everything we've talked about in the last three weeks in a neat little bow and i will be online on a friday that is friday the 24th of november otherwise known as black friday at 1 p.m irish and uk time for an open zoom q a so if you have any questions you know where you'll find me at lunchtime on friday as i said black friday and this is a very special offer for the online program this Black Friday. And it'll run from this Black Friday through the weekend to what is known as Cyber Monday. We'll close that program off again on Monday. I'd love you to take the leap. If you've taken the leap already and you're listening to this and you know somebody else who you believe might benefit from taking the leap too, give them a show, will you? And either way... I will talk, we will talk, or you will listen and I will talk again next week. And if you need me, you know where I am. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie.com 